Most people understand that permanent life insurance policies have cash value. They just think that it takes a long time to accumulate it. They know that that cash value earns interest. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show where we get straight to the good stuff on real estate investing. We cut out all that fluffy stuff, and uh, we've had previous guests like Barbara Corcoran, Robert Kiyosaki, and today I'm excited to share with you our conversation that I had with, or that I'm having, <laughs> I haven't had it yet, that I'm having with Tom Rutkowski. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. Welcome to the show. And Tom is based in Boynton Beach, Florida. He's the founder of Innovative Retirement Strategies. He is focused on the be your own bank strategy for real estate investors so that they can place their money in different areas and have their money work for them. He's also non-real estate related. He's a former Marine. He was in the Marine Corps for eight years. So Tom, again, I know I mentioned this earlier, but thank you for your service. Oh, you're welcome. So, Tom, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Well, my background, my wife and I started real estate investing probably about four and a half, five years ago back at the bottom of the market. Like everybody else, we just thought it was a great time to get in and get properties at, at low prices. So we've done a little bit of everything. You know, we did some picks and flips, but I found myself more interested in, in the paper aspect of it, private money lending buying and selling with owner financing, tax lien investing now. That's the extent of my real estate investing. It's all passive now. It's all uh, tax liens and just trying to get as much interest as I can, take advantage of the rule of 72. What's the rule of 72? Rule of 72 is if you take the interest rate that your money's earning and divide it into 72, that's the number of years that it takes for your money to double. So if you're making 
10% returns, your money should double every seven years or so. So that's the goal. It's just to double the money as many times as you can. Okay. So give us an example, will you? Of doubling the money or? Just run the numbers for us on, on one of those examples. Uh, it just, again, take the interest rates journey, 10%, for example, and, and run divide it into 72. Your, your money will basically double in seven years. If you're earning 7%, your money will double in 10 years, 8 and 9, 9 and 8. Okay, easy math. So what keeps you busy right now and as far as you know, those different aspects of owner financing, tax liens, those sort of things, where are you at with it? Yeah, I should just give you a really good way of doing it. So tax liens, for example, I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with, with tax liens, but typically you, you, you're basically paying somebody's taxes and the county wants the money, so they hold auctions and they basically auction off to the person willing to accept, say, the lowest interest rate. The ability to pay their taxes and receive back interest in the form of a penalty to the homeowner. So most of my tax liens are, are earning in excess of 20-25% per year. And you know, with tax liens, the homeowners have up to three years to redeem the lien. So when you can get 20-25% returns, you know, you, you'd like to be able to use other people's money. But the problem there is if you're not if you don't have cash flow potentially for three years you know, how do you make those interest payments? So what I do is I take loans, permanent life insurance policy. And I don't know how familiar you are with, with how permanent life insurance works, but, you know, you can borrow against your cash value and you pay an interest rate. It's currently around 4.2%. And you don't really have to make any payments back. You know, from the life insurance company's perspective, as long as you keep your policy in force, they keep track of how much the interest rate is, how long you've had money but they're willing to hold that for as long as it takes. And if you die, it'll just get subtracted out of your death benefit, going to your beneficiary. So if you, if you can imagine what's going on here is I'm basically taking my money. It, it's already in my life insurance and making money, and I'm literally borrowing against it, putting it into a tax lien. So my money's working in two places at one time. And so if you can imagine my cash value earning interest, and currently, you know, it's a 7 to 8% average interest rates that it earns. 8.2 is uh, the rate going back historically. So if your money's earning 8 over there, tax-free, mind you, and you can borrow against it at 4 and put that money into something else, making, say, 20, you're getting the spread on the interest rates plus whatever you're putting your money into. And that's a powerful, powerful concept. Yeah, it's the concept of good debt and bad debt, right? Where you you take on take on some lower percentage debt and and do that to acquire something that's making a higher yield than whatever interest rate you're paying on the original debt. Exactly. It's your hurdle rate. I mean, to the extent you can invest your money at anything greater than four percent, it makes sense. You mentioned you use it with a life insurance policy. You know, someone else could use it uh, or could get maybe a line of credit from a portfolio lender at, say, 5 6%, and then if there's an opportunity to make money on anything, whether it's tax liens or whatever, at 10%, then they're making that spread. Um, that's basically the concept? Exactly. I mean, the, the differences are, with, with cash value, I mean, you, most life insurance policies, unless it's a variable, will not lose value. So, I mean, you've got full access to your cash value for borrowing purposes. If you borrow against a stock portfolio or home equity, you're typically getting some something less because there's risk involved. 
you know, the loan to value on a home equity loan, for example, might be 65%. So they're only going to lend you 65% of the value of the house. With cash value, it's a little bit different. When you first put money into a policy, you lose something to the cost of the insurance. But, you know, with the cash value that's left over, you've got a great portion of that left that you can borrow against. I mean, all of it. I'm not familiar with life insurance policies and borrowing against them. Help me understand, perhaps the best ever list, some of the best ever listeners understand, how does that work? I mean, you go to a life insurance company, and you, what do you say? What do you ask for, and how? what's the process? Well, let me just, you know, most people don't have a great understanding of permanent life insurance. Life insurance is the kind of thing that most people don't like to talk about. You know, when I call up somebody and just tell them I'm a life insurance agent, you know, they're their eyes glaze over and they don't want to hear about it. But you know, once I start talking about what the magic is in it as a financial tool, then all of a sudden the light bulb goes off as to how powerful this is. So let me just review life insurance you know, for your listeners. Everybody understands term insurance for the most part. If you have a $100,000 policy it's for 10 years, you make your premium payments, and more than likely, you're going to outlive it, and the insurance company keeps all the money. Permanent life insurance, on the other hand, will pay a death benefit to somebody someday. So that's whole life and universal life insurance policies. And most people understand that permanent life insurance policies have cash value. They just think that it takes a long time to accumulate it. They know that that cash value earns interest. They just have been trained from Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, that it's not a lot of interest and they shouldn't do it. And they know that they can either cash out or even borrow their, their cash value. But what most people don't understand is that you're not borrowing your cash value. You're borrowing against it. It's the collateral to secure the loan. So when you do that, you've literally got your money working in two places at one time. You've got the cash value working in earning interest, plus you've got the loan proceeds working in earning interest. Now, the interest on an index universal life, for example, averages 8.2%, but it's it's tied to the stock market. So you have a floor of zero and a cap of 13. So the, the cash value you can earn whatever the stock market gets, just you won't lose money, but you can't make more than 13. But 8.2 tax-free is a pretty nice rate of return. So now the, the goal becomes, I mean, how do we get as much cash value into the policy as we can? So typically, the way I design a life insurance policy is I try to buy as little life insurance as I possibly can. I put riders on it that give you early access to the cash value, and I just stuff as much cash into it as, as I can in as short a time as I can. So just an example for you, somebody with half a million dollars that they're using for real estate investing today, I might take $100,000 a year for five years and basically solve for the lowest death benefit that I can legally sell it to somebody. And what that does is it, it gives that person approximately $84,000 of that $100,000 available as cash value from day one. Now you're thinking, okay, I lost $16,000 to the cost of insurance. But when you think that I've got $84,000 in terms of a loan that I can redeploy, now you've really got about $170,000 going to work for you. Does that make sense? Yep, I'm tracking. Okay. No matter how you look at it, you're going to make more money using this strategy than not using it. I mean, if you were to take your $100,000 a year and put it into real estate deals, whatever they're making, 10, 12, 15%, 
if you would have put the money first into the life insurance policy, where it's earning 8% average returns, you borrow against it at four, and you put that money back into your real estate deals making 10, 12, 15, you've got your money working in two places at one time. And if you add up to the fact that you've got $170,000 out there working, and it's costing you 4.2% interest or whatever the current rates are, you're going to come out with more money in your pocket. So this, this is a powerful strategy. Life insurance, and especially an IUL, makes tremendous sense as a retirement planning vehicle in and of itself. But when you start adding in what your the potential is to, to use that levered cash value, the returns that you can earn just go off the charts. Is it about 80% where you put in a dollar and you get about 80 cents that you can borrow against that dollar at 4, 4%-ish, whatever the rate is? 80 cents is a nice conservative amount. I mean, in, in theory, I mean, in, in actuality, it's like about 80, $84,000, give or take. I mean, different companies, different people, different health, but basically right around $84,000. Oh, it caps out at 84000 no, I'm saying whoever you are, whether you're, you're 20 years old or 60 years old, and regardless of your health, as long as you can qualify for life insurance, if you put $500,000 premiums in, for example, and I solve for the smallest life insurance death benefits I can, can, the amount of the cash value from the initial day of the policy will be right around $84,000. That's if you are, how much money out of pocket are you paying? You said $500,000 and $100,000 increments in that scenario? Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that life insurance policy will be essentially paid up at the end of five years. I mean, you've stuck so much cash into it that it will run off of its own interest in perpetuity unless, unless the markets go flat for 20 or 30 years. So for people who don't have $500,000, what is, uh, are there other models? Do, can does that scale down to lower values and just the same principles apply? Oh, absolutely. I didn't mean to imply that somebody had to do $100,000. That was just kind of an example. But you can, you can take a take a, a zero off, add a zero, you can cut it in half. I mean, for the most part, everything is scalable. The, the 84% is, is going to hold true, uh, you know, unless you get down to really small amounts, then it, it doesn't scale down that far. What's a really small amount? When you're getting down to the $100, $200 a month type funding. You know, if you've got money to put into real estate investing, hopefully you've got something a little bit more significant. And what are the tax implications? I know you're not a CPA, but just generally speaking. Well, that's part of the beauty of this is the loans are received tax-free. Now, the investment that you make outside of the life insurance with the loan, that, of course, will be taxable. Any gains on that. But since you're using levered money and you're basically you know, putting a note into your own business, the interest expense is a tax deduction. So you've got that benefit as well. I'll just use numbers that kind of continue to use round numbers like you are, but maybe different. If you got $10,000 and you can commit 10000 does it have to be for some amount for five years or can it just be, I've got $10,000, i will buy this policy and I'll be able to get 8400 to borrow against that? You certainly can, but you, you got to keep in mind that in the background, I'm doing all of this to stay compliant with the IRS and their rules. So let's go back to my $100,000 example. $100,000 might, for five years, might buy, let's say, a $2 million life insurance policy for somebody. And that's, that's even at calculating an absolute bare minimum. 
If instead we stuffed $500,000 in at once, the problem is that I have to buy five times the insurance. So now I have a $10 million life insurance policy. That makes sense? And the internal cost of that $10 million insurance policy is going to be eating up the cash that you have. So my goal is to try and stuff the cash into the policy as quickly as possible, staying compliant with the IRS rules, and get your money to work as quickly as possible and not have the insurance eat up the value of the cash. Because, you know, each if you can think about it, your cash value goes into an account, and that's, that's your account. And each year, the insurance company is dipping their hands in there and taking out the cost of basically a one-year term insurance on you. And each year, they go out and they, they do that again. So if you've got a million-dollar death benefit, for example, you know they're just subtracting the cost of a one-year million-dollar term policy from your cash value each and every year. I'm for every reason I'm I'm missing the I still miss the point on the difference between if I invest for one year versus five years. You can stick all of your money in at one time. In your case, it was fifty thousand dollars. It's just that fifty thousand dollars is going to buy a significant amount of insurance. Okay. And the policy may not have the cash and the, and the earning capability to both grow and pay for the cost of the insurance. That's the reason for funding over five years or, or more. You can do it. It's just that the policy might run out of money just paying its own cost of insurance. Got it. Because, okay, because you're putting in a certain amount and you're paying for it. So it doesn't pay proportionately to whatever you put in? Because if it paid proportionately, then I wouldn't think it would matter how much you put in because if you pay... The interest is the same, but keep in mind that your, your insurance death benefit is, is five times as high. And that cost is, is going to be a drag on the policy. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Well, we've, we've had a, a long conversation about this and I'm, I've certainly been introduced to something new. So with that being said, Tom, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? If you're putting your own cash into deals, then use this strategy because you, you will come out ahead and make more money. And again, it, it comes back to that rule of 72. If you can add a few points to the returns that you're making every year, your money's just going to double that much faster. Makes sense. And how would you recommend or what resources would you recommend somebody, best ever listener, go read or listen to? on this type of information, on uh, basically getting the permanent policy, uh, life insurance policy, and using that to borrow against your funds that you put in there and invest in whatever you want. Where can we read up on this? I've got a tremendous amount of resources on my website, and that's InnovativeRetirementStrategies.com. And there's a section devoted specifically to real estate investors. And I've got a recorded version of a webinar that I've done, as well as a white paper I've written on the subject. And certainly anybody could have gave me a call anytime to talk about it. All right. Sounds good. You ready for the best ever lightning round? One thing I do want to add is you, you introduced me as, as doing the bank on yourself concept. I, I do want to clarify that that particular term is copyrighted by a particular group that markets themselves as the bank on yourself concept. So what I'm doing is, is simply simply leveraging high cash value life insurance. I like to call it micro-banking because it's, it's, you're creating a bank that's just for you. So it's a very small bank with huge benefits. The disclaimer is out there. Now are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready for the lightning round. 
Okay, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding, you've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, do you want to get around the 80% loan to value rule and get lines of credit for your real estate business? Well, our previous best ever guest, Jimmy Moncrief, and you can check out his episode in 245, so episode 245. He's a real estate investor himself and also a bank credit officer. So you can go to realestatefinancehq.com forward slash best ever for your free negotiating guide. And he's doing it himself. The title of the episode I interviewed him on is um, You Better Be Nice to Your Banker If You Want Them to Do This. And that's all about the negotiating techniques as well. So um, go to realestatefinancehq.com forward slash best ever. Get your free negotiating guide. And then also check out his episode. Tom, what's the best book that you've ever read? The Core by W.E.B. Griffin. Best ever personal growth experience. What did you learn from it? Back in 2008, I was downsized out of a six-figure sales job at Motorola. And uh, I just that was kind of the start of things leading me to wanting to form my own business and get out on my own. So it was a, it was a bummer, but it has led to great things. Best ever real estate deal you've done? I got to say it's the tax liens. I can literally just sit back and manage my portfolio almost passively and make huge interest rates. So it's like a whole bunch of little deals all done really well. And where do you find the tax liens that you invest in? I use a company called Platinum Investment Properties, so I'll definitely give them a plug. And they do all the diligence, they attend the auctions, they put the liens in your portfolio and manage everything for you. They charge a fee for it, but I mean, if you did it yourself, you would have invested way more time than what they charge. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Take what I've talked about with the life insurance, the leverage, and turn it around. What if you could get money at 4% and use it to purchase an asset that you know is going to safely grow at 8%? How much would you want? That's another magical aspect for use of life insurance. And it's, it's a great solution for business owners. Best ever way you like to give back? I'm doing it. I, I just love talking to real estate investors and showing them how they can make their money work harder for themselves. And what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? This lack of uh, proper due diligence. Finding out that the, the bills and fines are higher than what you expected. The what? Oh, I had a, a non-performing note that I purchased at one time, and there were just more hidden liens against it than I was able to find it in my initial search. So it was costly. I mean, it came out of a nesting attack, but the money was tied up for a while. And what would you recommend a listener do to find any of the hidden liens? How do you do that? Just hire a good title company to do a search for you. And we talked about this, but I'll ask you again, what's the best ever place to reach you? My number is 561-676-8982, or my email is just simply tom at innovativeretirementstrategies.com. Tom, thanks so much for being on the show, sharing your advice and talking about life insurance and how you use life insurance to borrow 
money at a lower interest rate while earning interest on your money. So as you mentioned, it sounds like you're able to put in money to a life insurance policy and that's earning interest. Then you're borrowing against it at a lower rate. So say four or 5%, whatever it is. Then as long as you invest in something that makes higher than that percent, then um, you're going to make the spread. So a uh, really interesting concept. The, the concept itself, as far as you know, getting debt to the difference between good debt and bad debt, I've, I've certainly heard of, but I haven't heard of it applied in this specific example with life insurance. So I think it's really interesting, and I suspect it's some new territory for some, some of the best ever listeners as well. So thanks so much for being on the show, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you. 